Hey, everybody. Hey, all our listeners. Welcome to another episode of Sisters in Scripture. Today, we have a wonderful story about when Jesus turned water into wine. It is found in John chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. But before our story, we're going to start with an open in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just pray that you just rain down on us, rain blessings and rain mercy and rain your grace down on us, Lord, as we go through our days, as we are on this line, on this podcast, just discussing your word, Lord. We pray that you work through us, you talk to us, Lord, and that our listeners, they have a breakthrough in whatever it is that they are facing, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right. Hello, everyone. It is Mayor Bears. So I'm going to talk about this wonderful story of when Jesus turned water into wine. So Jesus, he went to a wedding um, at Cana of Galilee with his disciples and his mother. And this is a pivotal point because this is when he first started doing um, miracle works. Um, it's one of the first that we see. So it's really sweet that uh, the disciples are there with uh, his mom and so forth and so forth. So um, they were in Cana, Galilee, and on the third day they were at a wedding. And so essentially, uh, mama said, they have no wine. They ran out. And uh, pretty much Jesus was like, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. So I guess she took it upon herself to say, mm -hmm. anyway, to the servants, <laughs> listen, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. All right. Thank you. So apparently there were six water pots or water pots of stones um, that they had. And so, and it, and it held um, anywhere between 20 or 30 gallons of uh, liquid apiece. So Jesus told the servants, go ahead, fill them water pots with water and fill it up to the brim and then draw some out afterwards and take it to the master of the feast so like I guess the MC in today's modern times so they did exactly what he said with all six of them and then took it to the master of the feast and pretty much the master of the feast took it and he was like wait 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 hold up. Most people give their wine, they give their guests their good wine in the beginning and then, you know, once they've had their fill and become merry, they just give them any old other wine. But lo and behold, y'all waited until the end to give us a really, really, really good wine. This party is lit. So pretty much, Jesus took some water and turned it into wine in these six big old 20 and 30 pots of stone for this wedding. And pretty much everybody was in amazement to see that his glory was manifested and so forth. And the, and the disciples was like, Master did that. Oh, my word. And his mother was like, well, duh, he's my son. I know. He's great. <laughs> and then, you know, pretty much they... uh went to uh, Capernaum and they hung out there for a second, but not much. But 
that was pretty much the gist of it. My man pretty much, you know, turned a bunch of water into wine without any uh, major physical exertion <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. At all. 20 so. to wait, 20 to 30 gallons each. each. Six of them things. Six of them. Six of them. He turned that. And pretty much it's dope because they were at the wedding on the third day, which of course he rose from the dead on the third day when mm-hmm. it came time for ascension. So that's the whole numbers connection. And then on top of that, um, you know, everyone is amazed because I mean, legit, he was just sitting there minding his business, chilling and was just like, oh, y'all, y'all, he made the servants do the work. Like they did some work in terms of filling up all of those pots. But Jesus turned the water from a molecular standpoint. He changed over the H-2-O molecular to ETOH, right? right? Correct, correct. <laughs> Without doing anything, he didn't. He didn't jump up. He didn't do a dance. He was probably just sitting there, like y'all done. All right, great. And then that was it. And he's like, oh, 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 oh get that to the MC. And the MC was like. What? Some of the best wine ever. <laughs> that must have been some ever. good wine. <laughs> and then probably the bride and the groom were like, "Who did that? Oh, the Lord, the Lord He, he done, he done what? He, done, he gave us wine because we. I didn't know where it was coming from. Because trust me, I gave all of my sh- my 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 shackles or shillets or whatever the money was, and and we didn't have no more money." We didn't have no more money for no more wine. And I mean, y'all was just going to drink water. <laughs> going to be what it was. <laughs> Lord, Lord. Well, it, it, you said something real profound and it just reminded me of something. And you said that the servants were the ones who actually did the work. And isn't that so true? Like, you know, it says in the Bible, faith without works is dead. And I think that this was illustrating that, you know, uh, Mary had faith. Jesus had faith and the servants did the work. So you need both. You need to not only have faith when we have issues, uh, we have faith that God is our provider, right? But we also have to do Mm -hmm. the work to make sure that our bills get paid, to make sure that we show up to our job, to make sure that, you know, we do the things that we need to do to to keep afloat. So I think that was very profound. And I just got that when you said that. I wasn't, I hadn't even thought about it in the story. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's that's so true and then of course there's been many many debates about did he really turn the water into wine or did he turn it into grape juice or girl it was something. wine. <laughs> it was wine it was wine and i mean of course this brings up a major debate that we can discuss uh to a to a certain extent about should christians be drinking wine or anything anyway because mm. of course we're not supposed to, or at least be drunkard or whatever and what have you. And I know everyone has different thoughts. I mean, for me, I look at it as I don't see what's wrong with having a drink or two here and there and, you know, whatever. You becoming someone who is dependent upon alcohol or anything for that matter, aside from like water and food. I don't see what's wrong with you know that but I know some people would differ and say no you're not supposed to have alcohol whatsoever it's wrong and that maybe it was grape juice but I say it's wine that he turned that water into and that pretty much 
they were celebrating a covenant between a man and a woman, which is pleasing to God. So it was a celebration and everybody was happy because if it wasn't the case, why would God have let Jesus turn the water into wine in the first place? I agree. I feel like a, a lot of Christians will say they, they kind of, they take things that they saw in the Bible or read in the Bible or heard, not even that they read in the Bible, usually it's a, a heard about or some kind of tradition and they take it way overboard. And this is one of those instances like, you're not supposed to go to parties. You're not supposed to have any fun. You're not supposed to drink alcohol. Well, this shows you, number one, Jesus was at a party. He is the holiest of holy. And he was at a party with his boys and his mama. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's number one. And number two, they were drinking wine. And matter of fact, Jesus provided wine. So I think there's a difference between drinking wine when you're you know, celebrating or toasting and getting drunk. Okay, mm -hmm. um, so I think that the Bible, just like with, with in the case of wine, just like in the case of food, in the case of sex, in the case of so many things, it's not that you can't do it at all. It's just that you have to do it with limits. There should be limits on how much you drink. There should be limits on when you have sex. There should be limits on how much food you eat. You know what I'm saying? And when you don't abide by, the, by those limits, there's consequences to it, right? You eat too much food, you get fat. You drink too much wine, you, you live or die, and you got cirrhosis, and you dine and looking pitiful, or you're drunk and you do stupid stuff. So I think that just like every a lot of other things in the Bible, there are it's not a restriction, but God wants us to do it uh, smart. So basically, drink smart. Don't go drinking and driving, because then what happens? You could end up killing yourself or killing somebody else that's murder mm -hmm. so you got to be smart about you know what you do okay so that's what that's my take on the whole thing drink responsibly Absolutely. <laughs> yes i i completely agree but i mean everyone's entitled to their thought processes and opinions so you know we welcome everyone's we can just you know respectfully agree to disagree and leave mm -hmm. it at that mm -hmm. but you know mm -hmm. i i completely agree with you 100 percent and I think this is just wonderful because this was just the beginning of seeing what Jesus could do in mm -hmm. terms of his miracles. And it was really wonderful to see that Mary was with him because pretty much Jesus was a grown man at this point. Mm -hmm. And she was, you know, there for support and so forth. And she got to witness it and to see how her faith played out because she saw it firsthand with the birth of Jesus in the first place. But right. now she's really seeing the Messiah do works and it's beginning and it's a beautiful thing. And it, it's almost funny because, you know, she goes over to him like, you know, they ran out of wine and he's halfway kind of looking at her like, mom, please. <laughs> yeah, we got to interpret it into like nail language. Back right. then it was like, woman, how does this concern me? But today it'd be like, mom, please don't embarrass me. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> exactly. He's like, mom. Stop it. Let me let me do this when I'm ready. I'm not ready yet. You leave me alone and stop it. And besides, you not not now in front of everybody here, including my boys. <laughs> so she's just like, all right. And I mean, it was cool because Mary, she didn't fight back. She was just like, mm -hmm. anyway, listen, whatever he tell you to do, you go do it. That's my baby. My baby, he he he's the wonder of the world. Wonder of the world, I tell you, wonder of the world. <laughs> right. So poor Mary. Okay, let me let's let's look at this from Mary's perspective, right? Because Mary was a unwed 
teenage pregnant girl. Okay. Yes. Back then. Back then. Right. Now it's taboo. Do you know how taboo it was back then? Back then Very they were stoned to death. Like now it's yep. just like you people turn your nose up at you. But back then they were stoned to death. So this is Mary and she's sitting there probably what 13, maybe 14 years old, pregnant, saying, Oh no, it's it's God's baby. I'm a, I promise you I'm a virgin. <laughs> and everybody was probably looking at her like, You crazy, you crazy, you crazy. So for 30 years, Mary has known that she was a virgin when she conceived Jesus and that Jesus was the Messiah. And at this party, she was probably like, okay, now Jesus, you said 30. You said 30, you was going to show him. It's time to show him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> she probably was like the mom up there. Show up, show up, show up. Come on. That was a proud mama that day, okay? Yeah. I, I think Jesus knew that. So that's why Jesus was like, okay, well, even though, you know, I'm not ready to show, I don't really want to showboat, but because he had respect for his mom and honor for her. Exactly. He did this miracle, even though that wasn't his you know, ultimate goal when he came on this earth. His goal wasn't to turn water into wine and to make people go, wow, you're so awesome. He wasn't for that. His real goal when he came on this earth was to die for our sins. So I think that's what he meant to when he said, um, you know, it's not my hour. I think he meant that it was not his hour as far as dying for our sins. Um, and not not his hour to start like his ministry or not his art to start doing miracles. Um, but, you know, the wine is very symbolic of Jesus's blood. Right. And then mm-hmm. the um, even like we you talk about the master, the feast or the master ceremonies, the MC um, always in the Bible. It's like the master is always symbolic for God. So, you know, I think that God was proud of Jesus, you know, right before you know, all that stuff happened. God was very proud and pleased with Jesus and his actions and what he did for us. So I think that there's a lot of symbolism in this story as well. Um, very. The water represents cleansing. So it used to be like before Jesus died, it used to be when people sin, they would have to sacrifice animals to atone for their sin. They would have to wash in the Jordan and, you know, do all these like ritual stuff to cleanse themselves. So that was the old way. The water represents like that old way of, um, of of paying for your sins. But then when Jesus died, his blood is what covers us and what, what covers our sins. So when Jesus died, he was like a sacrifice for everybody who ever was and everybody who who was going to be in the future, which is all of us. So that was the wine. So I feel like this whole water into wine thing represents mm-hmm. um, represents the old covenant with God where you had to sacrifice animals to atone for your sins, um, changing into the new covenant with God, which is blood that uh, Jesus died for our sins. So yeah, I, I got yep. that from this too. So yeah. And then also too, the same thing, I'm gonna piggyback with the wine, because then if you think about it, we always use wine as a representation of Jesus's blood. Mm-hmm. And he also took wine at the last supper with mm-hmm. the disciples before his death. So wine is 
major regardless of how you may feel and I mean you can always use other things to be a representation of wine but mm-hmm. I mean Jesus was cool with using wine because he had wine himself and turned water into wine so we should all have wine <laughs> <laughs> is that your conclusion <laughs> everybody has some wine that's that's my solution to everything everybody has some wine <laughs> But no, wine is very representative. I completely agree with you about the old covenant um, going into the new covenant, covenant, but then also the representation because Jesus himself took wine at the Last Supper. So mm-hmm. if it was so quote unquote bad, why would he take of it? And again, why would he turn the water into wine? So and it's become symbolic. It's been symbolic with Christianity for us to do communion to represent the blood, the blood and body of Christ. So. Yes, you get a lot of that from the story. Um, Mm -hmm. And that it's okay to drink wine. Responsibly. And it got to be good wine. (laughs) Not the cheap wine. (laughs) Yeah, not no no, no offense if anyone likes it, but not no Sutter Home. (laughs) (laughs) Lord. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, It is is interesting that the MC thought that, or the master thought that that was... um, the best wine he ever took. He well, the best wine that they served at that wedding. Um, and I think that speak high that speaks highly of like just Jesus always doing his best, right? Because he could have just turned it into some, you know, not non-aged, nasty tasting wine boom that gives you a headache in the morning. He, he could have <laughs> turned into boom. <laughs> He could have turned it into Boone and the, uh, I don't know, but I don't know. The, I don't know the name brands of wines. Just I'm like, is it sweet or is it dry? I only drink sweet stuff. But anyway, he could have he could have turned it into something nasty, but he he didn't. So like, okay, so I'm liking this to my kids, and probably you can relate to, with your kids too. But you know, when you tell your kids to do something, you're like you know, clean your room, baby. And they're like, they do it. And they're like, I don't want to do it. I want to play video games. It's not time yet to do my chores. And then, uh, but they go and do it, but they do a half job of it. It's like they pick up two Mm -hmm. toys. Yeah, no, Jesus didn't do that. So kids who are listening, when your mama tell you to do something, you don't just do it halfway. You do your best, just like Jesus did, because he made the best one, and you should put your toys away and clean your room the best you can. <laughs> I love the plug. I love the plug. In in general, whenever you're putting forward effort to do anything, you do your best. That's Amen. for sure. You do Amen. your best, and you work, you work hard, because those servants work hard, because I can only imagine how long it took them to fill because I don't know if they took and picked up those stone pots and took it over by wherever their water supply was which I'm going to think is some kind of a river of sorts Mm. or Mm -hmm. if they had to get like a bucket of sorts to go scoop and then come back and scoop and come back either way that was a process that was a lot of hard work because 20 to 30 gallons of water is heavy and you got stone pots that you're filling it with? That is a lot of weight. I mean, I can barely lift five gallons of water. So that is a lot of work. So mm-hmm. this is 
<laughs> putting, putting into this little story into perspective there. Yes, very much so. So I guess some of our takeaways can be, you know, put forward your best effort in all that we do. Mm -hmm. Make sure when you're doing that, you're working as well as you can. Um, and it probably wouldn't hurt to work smart as well because there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong working hard, but it's always better to work smart than too hard because if you can save yourself some steps or whichever, but as long as you're putting forth your best effort, I would definitely say that's number one. Amen. And also drink responsibly. If you yes. are going to drink, be responsible. And that's not just for alcohol. That's with everything that you do. Be responsible. Mm -hmm. Things should be done in moderation. Be wise about what you put in your body. Um, yep. So I would say that too as well. Yes. And lastly, if it's okay, just know wine is really okay. <laughs> and so is party. Just party responsible. <laughs> You know, I love to dance, but just do it responsibly, okay? Church parties, people. Church yep. parties. Go party with your mom, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Best time. Well, we had a lot of fun with this episode. And I promise, listeners, we are not sitting here drinking wine. We are just having a lot of fun. We we are yes. drunk off Jesus right now, not on any kind of wine. We are drunk off Jesus right now. And I hope that you will also immerse in your Bible, drink and eat from that and grow and get knowledgeable and get just so giddy like we are about the Bible and Jesus and all his miracles. And with that, we are going to go ahead and pray out. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for bringing us together today, Lord. We thank you for making this podcast a success. We thank you for just allowing us to read your word, have fun with it, get some understanding with it. We hope that our listeners have also found some understanding. Lord, we pray that anything that our listeners or our uh, co-hosts stand in the need of, Lord, that you just bless them immensely with whatever it is that they need. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen.